Well, you know we can't do any serious topics on this show anymore. <laughs> I want a hot dog. It's Fourth of July. Yeah, it's a great. We have Uncle Say. Uh, we have Uncle Greg here with his. You'll see the picture is. I am very patriotic. I love my country. Damn it, right or wrong, let her rip. Okay. Great. Now we probably <laughs> lost like half our viewers. <laughs> Wait, this thing started. This thing but it, anyways, I've always say we're so blessed with so much young upcoming talent here. Keeps people like Greg on their toes because That's right. you know the older vets and everything. But I was very lucky. This is actually the first guest who ever texted me that I ran into her at the event afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but she opened for our dear friend Julia on here at the Bug Yard, and she's really good. And we're very glad that she's. Good about our scheduling too. Once she finds the building, (laughs) I know it took me. I was like, I told him before. I was like, Rob, yeah, I got it. I'm gonna find it in like two seconds. I pull up. I called him. I was like, Rob, I'm lost. I was like, I told you. It's it's a weird. I was just in the backside of the building because I pulled up with my car, and he's like, you were right there. I'm like, yeah. It's the third bunker in the desert, not the second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was so close because my GPS told me where it was, and I was like, I know it. I'm going to get there in time. Yes, but if a GPS tells you to go into a wall, would you do it at this point with our technology? Yeah, this no. was from deep But this in, is Elena. So this is Elena Alston. Because, <laughs> from deep inside a secret lab somewhere <laughs> in the you know, Hobby Desert. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if you could find them and hire them, you could hire the A-team. <laughs> but how did you – I always ask that question – what I look at like there's something like a calling to doing something like this. What got you interested in it? Yeah, so it's a really weird story as to how I got started. On this show, actually. no, no, <laughs> nothing's weird. <laughs> That's why but, you're here. <laughs> oh yeah, and so I remember it was back in. Well, my mom always jokes with me because she says she's the reason I started singing. I feel like that's how every parent is. They're like, I did it. I'm yeah, I always do. It. A lot of people, like a trend we have on here. You make you a find... lot of noise in the womb and all that yeah. kind of stuff. No. <laughs> so it actually happened when I was probably like 10 or 11. And um, yeah, it was when I first when I started, started watching the Disney movies. Right. With the old VHS tapes. Like, I would collect oh, a bunch. Yeah. And I saw The Lion King. In those great big hardcover, big plastic covers. Yes. That I saw them awesome. at the Lucky Flea <laughs> and I was like, I should buy it. But I have no use for it because who uses a VCR anymore? Yeah. But I remember I would sing the soundtrack a lot, and my mom would tell me, <laughs> she'd tell me, she's like, you don't sound bad singing that one song. And then it never really stuck, and then I just didn't go back to it until probably junior year of high school, and I started freshman year doing chorus, and I was very much like a background person. Like, I never wanted attention, ever. <laughs> and then junior year, I somehow got talked into doing a solo, and I heard the video. I think you hear most singers, like, hate hearing themselves like on recording just like I rarely listen to these shows because I don't want to hear myself (laughs) (laughs) but it's like a real thing and so I remember I heard the video back and I was like wow I don't sound half bad and then it just started this whole thing and then college hit I stopped completely and then quarantine happened and I started performing again and just playing with my guitar and I forgot all my college friends had no idea I could sing and they were like (laughs) Were you going to ever tell us that you could do this? And I'm like, I didn't Because you were the quiet, about. shy kid. Yeah, right? yeah, I was always the quiet, shy kid. And then now, all of a sudden, I'm leading bands and crowd surfing at the Riviera. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's been a whole shift, but it's Riviera rules, too. I love, like... It's, oh, by the way, this will be out. This will be out on the 4th, obviously. But mm. uh, happy birthday, Jeremy. Our good friend Jeremy oh, Grace yes. is the second today. It's oh, his nice. birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. He's awesome. Him and Chuck were... 
very instrumental in like getting us started because I think they told you the story about how Stunt Double, my college band, we um, started that first weekend when they opened up and I remember they took a leap of faith with us because there were no videos of our perform like performances beforehand. So before we were getting ready, they're like, so what can we expect? And we were like, we don't really know. Like we just told all our friends, we filled the place. And there's that picture. I've seen the videos. Yeah, it was insane. I remember, because I told my sorority sisters and my other bandmates had people too, and they all showed up. And Chuck and Jeremy were like, what have we started? Yeah, I remember here? that. And it You was know what awesome. you have to do, though, if it's called stunt double, you know, you have to get, like, have Greg come in as you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, people have asked. They're like, can we get, do, like, a little bit where, like, someone comes out as your stunt double? If you can braid this... It might work, but I <laughs> you do like no. What you do? Okay, you're gonna jump into the crowd and once up, you get off. You have somebody come in to jump in the crowd. <laughs> I would do that honestly. Well, they, they were shocked when I jumped in the crowd the first time because we were taking the stuff down between us and another act, and I joked with my friends, and they weren't letting me off the stage. They were blocking me, and I was like, "What are you guys doing?" They're like. You're crowd surfing right now, <laughs> and then that's how I got down off the stage. Is that they, me? they carried me off. <laughs> No, it was fun. I would always have that fear if I'm going to do it. I'm really going to move out of the way in the last I'd really? be afraid that people Why? would, like, drop me. I was shocked. No, I, I kill like... people I landed on, too. That'd be another one. I remember I was shocked, but, like, my roommate, he was, like, there and ready to go, and all my sorority sisters, <laughs> they were... They were ready, and they, they told me after, they're like, you were living your rock star dream, we had to make it. Uh, no, you lived the dream today by being late. That's all I, you can't oh be on gosh. time. No, you can't, rock I'm stars so, can't. Don't apologize. I'm so it's, bad at it. Well, I just funny. got here like five, ten minutes before you did. Well, it's so. so funny because when I was in high school, like getting ready for chorus concerts, especially towards senior year, I was a, I was a spaz with my mom. Like, I'd freak out. I'd be like, we have to get there on time. I'd be there earlier than everyone. And now she just laughs at me. She's like, where did that energy go? Have you go to Geneseo? Yeah, I just graduated with uh, my bachelor's. Story time. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> it still hasn't hit. It hit me at graduation a little bit because I started sobbing out of nowhere. But now I'm just like, okay. Now I got I can't. School. It's really, like, I have to get out to the Riviera soon. I mean, the good me friends. Me too. Are, I haven't been And it's there. just, the problem is, it's like when our good friend played, that piano player, it was like the Storm from like a sci-fi movie, oh, and we could like yeah. snow was going sideways. <laughs> that was bad. And then I was gonna go see Buzzo when he played, and he canceled 15 minutes before I stick because about 40 uh, minutes from my house. Right. But like Janet, see how the one thing is, I used to go up there all the time. I had, I had friends when I went to college there. I saw Nirvana play there when like really? probably under 30 people. Wow. Back in the day, it's really like a hidden gem, and I love how the Jam Kitchen's like bringing back that music scene because. It's really started this whole thing. This whole thing I with theaters is coming yeah, back. This is my, and, and you know what? I think it's yeah, it looks awesome, and it's an awesome place to play. It's just like I'm going to go so see my fun. friend Kate Lee's playing at Stutson, and it's like a really neat oh, little place. Oh yeah, and the thing is, like seeing her at a small show too, I think is really cool. You would probably be good in the chapel part. There's a really? there's a chapel next door. It used to be a church, so they they kept the stained glass and the pews and everything. Ooh. So it's a really nice. They do acoustic there. Yeah, I think I've heard of Sets. It's like on my list. Cool. I mean, Adriana's played there. Uh, it's a fun little place too. And I anything that goes for music too. Anything that can. But and, I, it's like the, the river is just, and plus they stream. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, they do for you. Oh, that's but awesome. like the river, it's just a cool place. And I think it's coming back a little bit where people want to go. It's like when I went to the, the Beacon Theater in New York. 
it's like almost like a mecca if you're a music person. It's just cool. You go around and go, yeah, this is like a cool vibe. And I think that's the perfect town because what it is, it's not super far away. But it also gives you, if you're going to college or you live around there, you don't have to like truck in here for like 30 minutes to see stuff. Exactly. Right. So and it's right off it, the highway. So. Yeah, and it brings it right to you. And I remember a lot of our friends had so many positive re- like reviews after that first show we did, and they were like, "We need stuff like this every weekend, or just like more often." And so then when we did our headliner show, Adrian actually opened for us. Yep. We still had a good crowd, and that was the weekend of Easter Easter break. Yeah. And we didn't realize, you know. And you're lucky because I'm. But I like lucky. a so a friend of mine had probably the worst show she ever had. She was really good, but never seen like a crowd like that because it was easter break everybody's like not around yeah a lot of people went home but then a lot of our friends told us they're like we're staying we're not missing you guys so they still showed up and we had a Mm. little trick up our sleeve because i joked with my bandmates beforehand because they didn't know who adriana was i was the only one who did and i told them i'm like we should do a couple songs with her and they're like okay sure like they they weren't entirely sure about it and then i showed them a video and they were like she sounds like stevie nicks and i was like yeah Okay, now this is the thing. Everybody, like I've sent this. I now I admit I tell her I can't see it, but I think you know what it is. I it's mean, she, you want to really tell her? Tell her she sounds like Feist. Don't listen to the Adriana. She did this herself. She came up with it. She will freak if you tell her she sounds like Leslie Feist. Who's but that? Adriana. Oh, she's who's Leslie Feist? Uh, she's a Canadian. Feist's? Remember, he's no. old. <laughs> I know Feist and I dress funny. Um, uh, one, two, three, four song or something from a while ago. Yeah, she loves, but the thing, what it is, I always say it's perspective. What you do is like friends who listen to her, and it's not wrong. It's like I saw her at a show at Raw and I texted her right after and said, You ever listen to Jolie Holland? You kind of sound like her. It's like what you listen to, you're going to bring in to other right. people. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening like a lot of Stevie Nicks, you're going to hear some Stevie Nicks. It, that's very true. And I think so because we bring, like, that's like our music backgrounds. Like, we're pretty diverse, mm-hmm. like, in terms, but you know, a lot of people get stuck. And you ever do that high school thing where, like, if you were like a metalhead and they caught you listening to like a jazz album, you would hear the whispers, like, hey, yeah. hey yeah. you know what that guy was doing? You had to like a certain music. So everybody hated, he like, so I would make <laughs> tapes for people and all I would hear back was, Rob, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now I hear the Ramones at Target. <laughs> right. I mean, I find myself doing that when I play. Like, I've got this licks from this drummer and lick from that drummer. I mean, I I have my little bag of favorite things, and I pull them out when, you, you know. I mean, we all do that. We all absorb a lot of stuff. But so. did your mom and everything, did, did she, like, have an influence on what you were listening to, obviously? Like, for music-wise? Did she, like, she... What did she so, play? What'd you hear at home? Oh gosh, she's gonna love this answer. So, oh, if you're listening, uh, oh yeah, this is all on her. This is all on her. Well, Rudy Valley. I guess like she started it. It's kind of a mix because it was between my mom because she would listen to like Anita Baker, all right, cool. Wanda I Adams, like, like some gospel. My dad would listen to alternative, so he'd get like Coldplay. Some it's real, I don't consider that alternative. Don't worry you know, about it. I'm just being along those lines. That's an interesting mix. But then yeah. I think it was whenever the I Beatles. I like Coldplay, by the way. The Beatles too. rock band, whenever that video game yeah. came out, that literally changed my entire music taste because I was so obsessed with it. I didn't even buy the game, I couldn't play it. 
but I listened to every song that was on it because I would research oh, it. Oh, cool! And I go to the library and like max out. See, now that's CDs like you sound like and you have that personality like I do, where you just get when you start getting into something, you have to know. Oh, it got yeah. it got worse yeah. after the years. Like it started with the Beatles, then I got those like decade compilation albums from the library. It was the downtown one. I remember. And it was Casey Keesum's like greatest hits, <laughs> and I started with the '80s, and then went to the '70s, '60s, and then just started spanning different. Greg, remember Raft Race? Remember the Raft Race? They used to have these different thing called Raft Race yeah, on really? the Tennessee Canal on BBF. They would run on Sundays. What I would do is go to Worldwide News, and we would listen to the top forty. It would be all the stuff I didn't own. Right. <laughs> But the Beatles, I think, and I call them gateway drugs. I've always used this term for Nick Lowe. <laughs> where, like, Nick Lowe to me, when we were growing up, and a lot of my friends, too, he was, I'll say, like, mainstream enough, but he had, like, that pump and punk. Right. And indie, like, they call him pub rock now. Mm-hmm. But it, it, what you do is you start researching and go, okay, and now I'm going to go to this. Now I'm going to go to this. And the Beatles, like, I don't think, you know, there are people, the Beatles, what can you say about them? They just... Yeah, they really did kind of just start a fire for me with music, and then it just started getting further and further. And I started playing with a good friend of mine, Alicia, back when back in high school. She graduated two years earlier than I did. And uh, we would just jam together, and, like, their whole family is full of talents and musicians. And that's how I kind of started playing again, because I was self-taught. I've never taken lessons for guitar. I think that brings a good, like, that brings a good perspective either way. I think I always say, like, there's, like, the tunnel you want to go through. Whatever way it takes you there is perfect mm-hmm. I think some people work better self-taught some people yeah. I think when it's structured in a way maybe Greg you can talk of this because you give sometimes maybe if it's too structured for you and like a person who's teaching you they have a certain way maybe it's not your way and you can do a different way and you have to yeah I mean I think I did that I know I, nothing I, about this by the way well so. I mean <laughs> I, would, I would take whatever they said and then I would be like, okay, that's not how I would approach it. But then I take what they said, t- twist it around in my own thing, and then yeah. you know I still get the knowledge and I still incorporate it. But I just do it. Yeah, we all do that. You I know, think. a good analogy. You won't know this one. I guarantee you. Bad news bears. No, you won't. Bad news bears at <laughs> breaking training. It's an old movie. Yeah. No, There's no, the no, pitcher. No. And he can't, like, he's getting killed. He's like, Louis Tiant. And he would try to pitch like Louis Tiant. Then he'd go, Catfish Hunter. And he goes, why don't you try to pitch like yourself? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wisdom. Right. That's true. You know, I think you, what I think you do is you imitate people, then you find your own way as you go along. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I think a lot of what I liked was the Beatles. And it's funny because I never really knew what I liked for myself as a style. I still don't really know because people ask me. Like, it's great, though, because I think. I'm like, I literally have no I idea. I think it's it a, isn't it like, Greg, like it's a, it's a organic process as you go on. It's like you go on. Yeah. You might think you, you might have a preconception when you start, but then all of a sudden it goes way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you, like, Adriana, from when she started, like, she had a band called Adriana as Advertised, and what she would do then till now. One idea find sparks another, usually, and then you just, it just keeps rolling. It really you know? does, and, like, with my musical journey, just with, like, bands and stuff, it started with one last summer. So I've been really performing for only, like, a year, and then I did my college band with Stunt Double, and everyone's worried with Stunt Double, because at the graduation, cool, they were like, <laughs> we like the break name. up, and... We were like, no, we just graduated, and we're all from different areas. So <clears throat> I'm starting my new project now, the Alston Project, with Chuck and um, Chuck Salvaggio. There's so Josh many Hughes. visuals I could think of for Stunt Double. We have Chuck's to talk about. I know, Stunt Double was such a good name. I was like, You know what my friend said? A friend of mine said, okay, his band's the American Moondogs. They thought about some names like that. He said, 
Try to think of a name, Greg, I argue if you want. Think of a name that looks good on a t-shirt. That's really true. Cause and that you could do a good design. That's what um, Chuck's wife said, actually, when we were trying to brainstorm names for our project now, which is the Alston Project. So it's called TAP, but that's what it stands for. And I remember she's like, what about that? And Chuck and I looked at each other, we're like, wait, that's actually really smart, and we could advertise that pretty well, just with TAP, because it's like... Yeah, and I think you have to have, these days, we have, like, attention spans of ants. <laughs> and we have like the news cycles what? and most of the time you don't want to know what's on the news cycle in the first place but I think you have to get something sort of catchy people remember exactly so we were like a double name that works out pretty well and but like seeing it a couple days ago because they just announced the lineup for the Pride Festival that we're doing it was oh, cool to like you know I actually got a message from a friend of mine uh, this was like pretty funny though. She used to play. She has, she has back crowds now, but she would play in the Pride Band. Mm-hmm. You get the loony protesters, right? Oh, yeah. So, oh, some of them were like, and we're not. We don't try to avoid politics on this stuff. Yeah. But these, <laughs> give me a break, okay? It's like you have no time. But what they would do is they'd see them. They go blow the theme to Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> you know, there should be. I know this is. There should be like some kind of restriction that you really. Your freedom of speech should not be at something like that. Well, it's like you, you, you know. What I mean, you know, this is something that you're yeah. trying to celebrate something. And yeah, and also it's like, what do you care like what other people do if it doesn't affect you? You know, go get a hobby. Honestly, right? But I'm I'm just saying, yeah. protesting's fine. But yeah. you know, really, at something like that, you really should. That's bad taste. <laughs> that's yeah. all. Yeah, but okay, I'll stop being serious. <laughs> but I'm glad I heard no. But I heard the reason I'm saying Just this is one of my friends said he came back this year, July 16th, after being gone because of the the c word there. I don't want to talk yeah. about. Even. Oh yeah. But how did that affect you? And it's something I ask every so, musician, like sort of like, okay, you're starting to do the music. Ah, we're gonna play. All of a sudden, the little bug comes flying it in. It was a doozy. So I remember I watched a lot of those streaming services. Like, I literally tapped Netflix dry at one point. Then I ran out of things to watch. So then I started playing again, just because I needed something to pass the time. And I noticed, I was so dumb, because I was like, really, practice makes perfect. And, like, actually playing consistently makes you better. And I would play, I know. (laughs) And I would play these, like, Beatles covers and just these songs. And I remember I posted them on my Instagram, and it was received pretty well. And then I just made a separate account just to post them to kind of just track my progress throughout the different months and I just kind of kept going with it and then I got a message from the owners at Roar because that was my first ever venue. Roar is a fun, it's a fun it's venue. awesome. And I love that lion though, I love the thing I saw after COVID, the little lion hit a little yeah. mask. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they, the nice thing is though, I'm glad that like through COVID they did so well because their food is amazing. And I'm also like, I just want everybody to do okay and you worry about like business obviously. Yeah. And they, 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 they did really well. And I remember, you know, during the whole era of when things were slightly restricted, we, we were very safe. Like, we had um, these little things in front of us that kind of covered us from the crowd. And I had a show, because I wasn't fully comfortable performing by myself just yet when I first started, so I performed with my good friend Alicia. And we would just duet everything. Because her and I could pretty much have a song one time run through. Our harmonies would be pretty tight, because we know each other really well musically. And... We did a show in April, and I told my sorority sisters about it. And I was like, yeah, you guys can come. And Genesee was like 30, 40 minutes away. They filled the place to capacity. Wow. Like, so yeah. much so that, like, they had to call in extra staff yeah. because they ordered so much food. Plus, also for me, I always wow. get take up from Sticky thing. Soul next door or whatever. I'm, oh, down. Yeah, I'm like, run, when Adriana played, I'm, like, running down, putting it. It closed at 10. 
Adriana, you're late. Their food's pretty solid. They had that lunch special. That soul stuff that was really awesome too. It's, plus the owner is so like I got to a conversation with her. She's super cool and what everything. Place is this? Sticky Souls, the place I left my phone when we saw Adriana. They had Roar. It's right next. Like it's called Sticky Soul now. It used to be Sticky Lips. It's right next to Roar. Oh, oh. It's like yeah. that barbecue place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that their food is good. I guess that whole complex is great. Oh yeah, Photo City and all yeah. those other things. Yeah, Photo City's been awesome. I played in front of there last year for the, um, the Pride thing that Roar was doing in their parking lot. And Photo City was a great help with sound and everything. Think about that for a minute. Like, I'm, we're we're talking about Chuck and then and like Danny there at, at Photo. I mean, all these people are making it possible. To create this scene, they really are, you know. Without and them, without like, that, we wouldn't have a scene. You know? exactly. No, we're taking chance because I do think there's a dichotomy here. There's like people who will experience new music, enjoy new music, and people and bless them too. It's great if they like cover bands and the stuff they're familiar with. And but I think I always say one of the things that you probably might have even heard it on one of the shows. I always say, go see what you like, but go see what you don't know. You might like it. Right. Support local. I mean, you might see somebody, and also, if you even care about that stuff, you might get to say one day, hey, I saw so-and-so. And it changed you know, your whole perspective on it. And they're playing out here now, but I saw them when they played like in front of like you know 20 people and everything, and I knew this person was going to be really good. Yeah, that's what I felt about You don't have to lie about it either. Like, <laughs> I saw it for real. I saw the White Stripes at Bug... There used to be a thing called Bug Fest, the Bug Jerry did. I saw the White Stripes before they were the White Stripes. Really? Imagine being able to go to the Cavern Club and see the Beatles. Right. And every band was no, nobody before. The Stones, the Beatles, they were just like a local bar band at first. Yeah, it yeah. always starts small, and it's just fun to see. And you're right, like, it's always nice to just really get out of your comfort zone and see what you like and see what you don't like. Because I got in such a groove If you don't doing, like it, don't go see the... Yeah, and, like, all. I got in a groove of doing live music so much performing that I forgot what it was like to just be an audience member. So I remember I saw back in April when Public Water Supply came out to the Riv, and I told myself beforehand, I don't like country music. Like, that's something that I've never really... Why should we become a country watch, artist? Now, now for our Pride show, we're literally opening with a Shania Twain song. Well, my big thing was, <laughs> I have to say, okay, it's up to you. You never have to do it. But I told, I saw our good friend Mary Monroe. Julia did it at the show we were at. Mm -hmm. Everybody I know does Jolene as a cover now. Just about yeah. Didn't Susie even do it? No, I did it with Meg Damon. Though. Somebody has everybody. It's like yeah. a everybody must love to cover it. I've heard like it's a great when song. Mary did it, I started laughing, and yeah. afterwards she, she's like, "What are you laughing about?" It's like, like I think it's like a requirement. Everybody I know has to do it. And then, remember Julie did it. She's like, "Well, I'm from Virginia, but I don't really know." It's, it's like, the oh. old time rock and roll of country. It's a very <laughs> classic song. It's I don't funny. know. If, I don't know if they could convince me to do it. <laughs> it would take no, a couple but of years. I mean, you know, you find out like when you're younger, you might not think like. I don't think I would have ever said I liked country then or like I'm so into jazz like I was, like I am now or anything. Yeah. It's always interesting to see because as you grow older, you appreciate like all the different genres and stuff because like even when I was younger, well, I've always liked jazz weirdly. My, my mom caught me one year because I really got into a kick, I think, for maybe two or three years going to the library and getting different discs. So that's the, way, I, that's the way to do I it. I got Glenn Miller on accident and I remember just listening to it on repeat. And really, really like it. My mom's like, "Why are you listening to '30s and '40s like big band tunes?" I'm like, "I don't know, but I like it." That's the way. See, that's the really the thing about <clears throat> music too. There's no reason what we like, what we like. You just find something affects you. And I think like a lot of people's songs are universal. The themes and something you hear all of a sudden it just speaks to you. Well, it's like yeah. Paul McCartney when he was growing up. His dad had a lot of those old 
Rudy Valley type things, the 20s and 30s. So that's where Honey Pie and, and, and all those like sort of... When you know, I get old, losing my hair. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's where he was getting a lot of those things from because he grew up with it, you know. But playing live now, that's the thing. I was going to ask Greg about this. When you first started, like two years ago or whatever, <laughs> what was... Mm -hmm. uh, when you step, was it what you expected when you started to play, or were there some things like what would you offer, like for Elena, that maybe as when you started out, like something to expect you didn't you didn't expect, or um, there's good and bad. I mean, the camaraderie is great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the feeling that you're creating something, um, and you're networking. I mean, I find I've made a lot of friends through playing music. I mean, yeah. most of the people I know are because I play music. And because of my supporting music, who I know, like 90% musicians. You know, <laughs> the bad part is that, you know, the, the hassling with the trying to get the gigs and, you know, booking and people that don't give you straight answers. And, and, and I, I respect to get anybody. You know, anybody who, like, razzes anybody up there, I go, okay, if you like it or don't like it, respect that they got the guts to do it because I couldn't do it. Yeah, How did that feel when you first went up that you said you were really sort of nervous? Oh, gosh. Well, junior year, I remember I literally was sitting. We were in a cafeteria, I remember it. And I was so nervous, and they had a single spotlight, and I stared directly at it oh, the entire wow. time because I didn't want to see the crowd at all. Right. But then I remember circling back to, like, that first Riviera show we did back in March. I was so nervous my hands were shaking. Usually I'm the calm one in the band, but... It's gotten easy over time. That's but the trial still. by fire, though. You have to go through that. Yeah. There's still some artists. I mean, there's still okay. artists like they're like literally like want to puke before they go on stage. And they, right. They're like you would think. Okay, some people you would think they play in stadiums, millions of people, easy. No, and, they're like dying before. And they're everybody going will tell you. Any professional will tell you that if you're not nervous, then you're not doing it right. Exactly. You know, if you 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 you're gonna be nervous no matter how many times you've done it. You yeah, know? and you can tell because it's important yeah. to you, and you want to be good. You don't want to stink, so you you go. You know, you're nervous. Oh, I hope I do good. Yeah, and, especially if arrangements are know. done a certain way. Like it took me. That's, are they gonna accept me? And yeah, all that's that why I had a hard time making set list at first because it was trying to, and like I'm still learning now because like with the new project with Chuck and Josh and uh, Ken. We're trying to do songs that aren't so well known by people that, like, if we miss one note, like, they're gonna know. But also, like, ones that aren't so deep cuts well, that they think. Plus, you could do. No, you got it wrong there. That's what you have to do is. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, I wrote it. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because there's been a couple covers that I've done that they're like, oh, you wrote that, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I wish. But I like I like that too. Again, because it's like, okay, take some deep cuts. Like, I've always said, like, a Stone song I really like, you never hear anymore is Hand of Fate. It's on the Live on the Combo album. Yeah. But you never hear it. But, like, okay, we've all heard, like, say for them, like, Satisfaction tons of times. They got lots of other stuff. Or, like, yeah. the Beatles, or, you know, you've heard, but there's still, there's other songs they don't play. <laughs> exactly. And, like, you know, when we're making our set list and stuff, we were really, I have a Spotify that's just outrageously long at this point and I would just listen on shuffle and I would like I'd skip I'm like nope nope yes and I love mashing up songs because it's just like a good feel and so we're Me doing too, a Beatles yeah. one get back into I've got a feeling because the other day at rehearsal we we're playing get back we finished and then Josh just starts singing I've got a feeling and I was like wait yeah. that works so we're gonna keep that yeah, that's a great Adriana song. sometimes on the rare show now because she does more of her originals she'll do Croce's operator and she'll toss in the, right in the middle girl from the north country really? and then go back 
See, it's always awesome because like, people don't expect it when they know the songs well. Like, we're doing a show in Ge- next Saturday in Geneseo, and Ken, our bassist, actually had a great idea because we're doing another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. Oh, no, you're not going to build the wall. <laughs> well, so we're just like, I've done it before, and I, it was just an idea that I had. And then there, another song we have is in the same key. And he's like, what about this? And it's the two most opposite songs you could think of, yet somehow they work together. So we're doing another brick in the wall into Lizzo's juice. We don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, but you know, that's sounds... what you got to do, though. Why not have it's fun? It's yeah. one spark feeding another, you know? Everybody, yeah, you know. and she's really not like a typical other brick in the wall, so yeah. it kind of just flowed together. It's like a tough guitar solo, too, on Brick in the Wall. It's oh, like yeah. that one part with guilt. So you got to pull the chord all the way up. And oh, everything. yeah. Now you don't want to do it. <laughs> Josh can rip, though. He, yeah. he really, he does his thing, and I'm just like, wow, keep going, keep going. It's always well, fun Well, like, like the Super Suckers, I love their version of Sail On by the Commodores, but you'll, it's country. Mm-hmm. But, no, hey, you, I think you might like it, actually. I might, because... I'm I'm open to kind of anything like public water supplies. Um, Outlaw country, the, she calls it. Yeah, I like it. it. I like it a lot. Like that Walter Jennings one they did, or um, Cowboy something. I forget the name. I like their version better. Yeah. It's faster and it's just. And I mean, you play in a lot of different t- types of bands, Greg. I mean, you play like different styles and everything. Yep. You know? I love. I like doing that because it just keeps you on your toes, and you have to learn so many different things, like. You, you learn riffs and licks and stuff that you normally wouldn't know. Yeah. So that then you realize, wow, this is tricky. And then, you know, like Steve Smith, you learn a Journey song. It's all Journey, you know. But you try to learn those drum parts. They're interesting. Yeah, and I've heard from many, many a drummer about how much they like Steve Smith. Yeah, well, he's very versatile, too. I mean, he can, he's a jazzer. And, I mean, you know, he was yeah, smart, so though. He did the Journey thing. thing and... But do you have there are there really aren't any guilty pleasures I suppose but do you have like some like really popular group you wouldn't want to admit you like that you might admit you like oh, <laughs> the Bengals <laughs> they're oh have you okay it's your stunt double it's not you so you're not saying well <laughs> there was I remember because I like Harry Styles I really do yeah, but I remember <laughs> I know. Be nice with me, but it was. I remember I did watermelon sugar so much that I was like, I'm never doing that song again. <laughs> like, I can't do it because I've sung it so many times. But now he's kind of grown on me, and he's like one of the more popular ones. But I don't know, there hasn't been a. I guess my guilty pleasure one is Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Because oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I sent them a set list when we were at practice last week, and Chuck looks at me and he's like, you said you don't like country, and I was like, we're not going to talk that's about like this That's like pop, right though. That's more like yeah. a little bit pop cow, country. They're all making fun of me because they're well, like, I'll say, like, like one country. of in my top five, and I don't, well, like, I hear a tough-ass girl song, yeah. too. It is. Yeah, I it never is. ask, like, you know, what's your favorite because we're all, like, what day of the week is it, like, for their favorites. Yeah. But, like, one of my top five guys in concert was Elton John. I thought he was oh, just so awesome. incredibly fantastic he in is concert. Great. I remember I heard that 11, 17, 70 back in the day, the live radio thing. And I was like, wow, man, three guys, and the way they just was, were jamming on that thing. If you ever get a chance to listen to that, it's they were in a, like a radio station or something in New York, and they played like a bunch of live stuff. Really? Just a three-piece. So yeah. recently I saw, um, I was at Jazz Fest. 
because that's my favorite festival in Rochester. We got out just in time for that show. I got back to my car really? just when they were clearing out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, uh, I saw Robin Thicke. And then oh, I, saw I heard Shirley. that was incredible. Robin Thicke incredible. Was insane. And I remember just watching him and I was taking mental notes. I was like, I'm going to do this on stage. I should have gone to that. I saw Samantha Fish. Samantha yeah. Fish is great. Now, that's a case, too. I remember like Grimy posting on Facebook about we were at, she played Dinosaur. Oh, yeah? And he's like, and he's saying, like, I was down there. He's like, Samantha Fish is playing here. There's like nobody here. And this is right. like somebody, this is like this incredible blue, would you say bluesy mostly? Like, cigar, she uses cigar box guitars, but she's like, she rips on the guitar. <laughs> well, but she's so, a cross between like rock blues singer and. and but she played, player. then she played Garden Vibes, which if. I don't think it's on this year, but if you ever get to see that or go there, it's really fun. It's at the Dryden, great scene. Okay. Oh, then she yeah, played yeah, Photo C- that Photo City, uh, Flower City, whatever it was called then. And now she, Daisy Flower? No. No, that's, no, that's a restaurant, no, that was dude. Different. It was Sorry. Milestones and it was High Fidelity. And right. All. But so she's like, so she's growing. Like, that's like Abilene. And that's the thing like about Abilene is Danny gets all these different great acts and you see, you know, and he takes a chance on tons of things. Yeah. You I know. think for a lot of live music, it comes down to like, you know, when you're booking bands that are new, it's like yeah. giving them the chance and taking the chance on them to see what happens. Because the Jam Kitchen guys really took a chance on us. And afterwards, they came up to us and they were like, What did you guys do? We were like, We don't know. It's gotta like, be. I was in shock for a while after that. One of the game. things so I always. You have a good fan base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One my, thing I always my enjoyed. Crazy. One thing <laughs> I always enjoyed, too, was know. like if I went out of town to see a friend play and they never saw her before. And you see the reaction, like, we've heard it all, but you see the reaction to people who've never heard it, and they go, yeah. wow, this is really awesome, that's cool. But that's got to be a great feeling, too, when you're playing, you don't see the crowd sitting there like this. Yeah, no, like, I remember... <laughs> you know, you see people, like, when you see people, like, bouncing what you're saying, or, like, yeah. getting all... <laughs> well, it's funny, because at our, um, it's, it's one of my top, I have, like, my top five favorite live music moments, and they always kind of change, but one of the tops was, um our headliner show and we brought Adrian up for some Fleetwood Mac songs and we did the chain and all my friends in the crowd were just screaming song. it they were screaming lyric for lyric and you could just see in the videos that they were having so much fun and that's always the best part is seeing them enjoy it and knowing that like what you're doing they, they like everything's going well people are just forgetting about whatever things that they were worried about outside of this and they're just relaxing for however long you're playing how did you find the people that you're playing with now yeah so i met chuck through jam kitchen because i remember i told him because i got asked by the organizers for pride back in april if i wanted to perform at it and i thought it was like a small scale like what they did last year just in the back of their parking lot very low-key and they're like no like (laughs) the pride festival this is at the park this is yeah this is like the Cobbs hill one and i was like you're joking they're like no so then i told chuck i was like i think i'm gonna need a band so then he just made some calls, and then oh, I met okay. Josh. Yeah, and he's him. good. At that. And then we just brought in on uh, this guy Ken, and he's awesome too. I think he's from Lord and the Good Souls. Okay. He's our bassist, so he's been playing with us too, and it's been just a really awesome time. Like, I give him a list, it's done, and we're able to just have fun with the arrangements now, and it's nice because they can just pick up on literally anything. See, that's really good that you. I mean, as as a side guy, more or less, I. Serving the singer is really important. I mean, you have to really, you have to do what they ask you to do. 
And, yeah. and, you know, you have to find some way to express yourself that fits the music. And it's good that you have a band that, that's, that's uh, you know, versatile. Exactly. Because like, you get some of these people, they're prima donnas, they think they're this, they're yeah. that, you know. And then, then you're like, then you got to get rid of them, and then you got to get somebody else. And I was very fortunate with Stunt Double. Like, we, we just told ourselves when we got together for that back in probably October in the fall that, like, we just wanted to have fun enjoy ourselves as that's seniors, the way and to do it you just know? play good songs and i remember i told him i was like let's do that and we would like give out song suggestions and i remember i told him i was like guys be kind to my range like i'm not gonna do some olivia rodrigo because i was still <laughs> scarred from that song but i remember back in april before that show i think it was our bassist dave and he's so funny he's like i really want to do a police song i was like oh like message in a bottle like something simple he's like no roxanne I was like, are you trying to kill me? Uh, I know, right? Like, no. <laughs> so luckily when we did it that day at the show, everyone in the crowd was singing the high part, so I just didn't do it at all. Uh, <laughs> you know what you do? You I when you interact see, with the crowd. Yeah, like, when you, you see the crowd, you see the like, go! Because <laughs> yep. I was like, I, I did not know if I could sing that note at all. Now you! That's what I got. Actually, I've had like a lot of friends, they'd ask me, like, I asked them to play September Girls by Big Star, and they're all like, to try to think, no, I can't hit the range. <laughs> yeah, certain ones, and like my range is expanding for sure because I have a voice coach, so I work with him once a week, and we work wow, on my belt and stuff. It's funny he changed me a lot because I remember my voice actually used to be a little lower, and when we started working on expanding my range, the pitch raised, and now it hasn't switched. So when I got back to school in the fall, all my friends are like, "Why is your voice different?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I noticed it when I really could hear it in videos and stuff. So it's been fun. But I'll say, I'll give you like an example, like Nick Cave, one of the best shows I've ever seen. I saw him in Philly. Mm -hmm. He knows what he can sing. Yeah. That's the thing. He knows like he's a really good stage presence, but he's not going to go belt out something you know he can't sing. And exactly. he keeps it right in there. And I think you know, but you'll expand. Exactly. And I think like now with the Austin Project, really just having full control of the set list I can kind of play with stuff but also still be comfortable like I even I threw out a black uh, crow song hard to handle and they're like what do you know about that song and I was like I like it let's do it well and, I think half like you know Chuck went to the show oh yeah Chuck and Josh went to the show yeah. so they saw them black live. crows that album I still say it's just uh, it's sticky fingers redux if you listen to the album with that back to back really? it's the same album I keep saying that I have to listen to it fully but we've been doing fun stuff and even at practice every day like I kind of change things up vocally and it's always funny because the way the shack is at Chuck's place yep. Chuck was like pretty much right in front of me so I'll hit some notes or do some runs or just improv and he'll, he'll look at me and he's like and he'll keep yeah. playing. I told he's you, great. I was he's like, very exciting. I told yeah. him, I'm like, I don't know what I'm capable of doing. It just kind of happens. And I like that mix between like younger people and older people. I think you can learn from each other. I think the younger people invigorate them, right. give them like new perspectives, and then you can learn from people who've been around, know what they're doing, who yeah. are professionals too, who don't have the egos or anything. Yeah, and I've learned so much from Chuck and all my bandmates, past and present now, because with Stunt Double, like when we were getting organized for those shows that we did i remember a lot of them were just like oh like how do we do this and i was like hey i've done this before like i i kind of know the ropes and now i'm even just more comfortable with the process of you know doing gigs talking on stage my banter oh my gosh that was the hardest thing to get used to because i'm oh, like, I know, naturally like, pretty quiet there's but a couple the people right. like one friend of mine she tries to just tell bad jokes really? but to be like bob dylan don't say a thing <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's how it used to be. And then sometimes I think Bug Jar was the first Thanks. time I really <laughs> Bug Jar was the first time I really kind of just like had fun with it. And my mom's like, "You were kind of witty up there," and I was like, "Really? I had no <laughs> idea." You don't have. I to. never knew you were funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I saw the zombies. It was Colin Blundstone. God, I did really with a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. But Colin Blundstone I always says he's like one of those guys to watch because he doesn't go like Mick Jaggery or jumping around stage. He stands there, but he's got a presence. Yeah. It's all he has. He just stands there, though. You don't have to be like all, you know. Hey, everybody. Yeah. You know what drives me nuts though? Hmm. When people, when they're up there. And they say, okay, we're going to do something we wrote now. And it's called... And it's like, nobody really enunciates the name of the song. Yeah. And it's like, are you not proud of this or what? It's like, almost like you're shy and like, oh, I, I want to do this, but I'm afraid. And it's funny, I've noticed a lot of singers... got to be get, loud and proud, man. They get that way because it's always so personal. Even yeah. I used to be that way, and I'm getting better about it now because they ask me all the time, like, what are we doing your song? I'm like, I don't know. And then they some people they don't want to hear it, they can leave. Just some people will explain what the song's about and everything, too, with that oh, other... See, I won't yeah. do that with you don't need, no, just You know, it's open for interpretation, too. Yeah, that's... Or they'll, get the, like, they'll get the lyrics wrong like I thought for decades Bowie suffrage city was chocolate chip city mm-hmm. like why is he singing about a cookie factory yeah. <laughs> or blinded by but you talk about your own writing now what do you want to get into in terms of your own does it just come naturally does it come naturally so, as a creative I think creative people create you're creative yeah. uh, so it, was, it was like a happy accident with look who's laughing now because that's the song that I'll sing later today it was um we have to laugh during it <laughs> I mean you can if you want <laughs> I was laughing too <laughs> I, I wrote it during COVID, and I remember it literally came to me, I think, the day after I like went out with my friends, and it just kind of happened like, less than two hours. And I was just kind of humming the melody, and I was like, look who's laughing now. And then <clears throat> it really just kind of <clears throat> built into this thing, and I started writing out lyrics because I was really frustrated with stuff, and I was like, you know what? This works. And then I revisited it later to record it, and I just ran the idea by a few of my friends because I did it acoustically at Roar a couple of times just to see the general reactions, test the waters. And everyone's like, you need to record this. So I get in the studio. Had no idea how hard it was to record a song. Oh, so you wait, played... wait till the end of this. <laughs> so then, well, luckily I don't have to play everything this time. So I actually had to call in my friends. I'm just kidding. It's easy. We don't. <laughs> I believe it. It'll, it'll be simple. And so I played pretty much everything on that track besides drums. So I did acoustic, electric, bass, and synth. Wow. And it took three sessions, but we got it done. And I just remember after That's it, pretty good. hearing it and thinking, I'm going to re-record it at some point if I release an EP. But it's a good start, and it was just something I'll always be proud of. I just had to get used to, like... Really and you just like remember, you always remember stuff. your first song too. It's always, you could always, yeah, it's just it, funny either if it's good or bad, or yeah. you look back five years from now and go, that's pretty good, or you go, what was I doing? Yeah, and like all my friends were um, very much like, I remember they, they were so happy and so proud of me. Like they all posted it everywhere, and then a few of them asked me, they're like, so what's it about? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I wouldn't answer it. I, t- I had to do an interview, actually, for a school newspaper in Geneseo. And I remember I just told them, I'm like, you know, it's just a feeling of wanting to be proud of yourself and just thinking, you know, this whole thing kind of knocked a lot of people down for a little bit, but now you're feeling a lot better yeah. about it. And that was the energy I had. And I think if you just open up ideas all over the place, like you'll see. Yeah. I would take, like, either your phone or give a little pad. And well, it's funny. Because as soon as you do, you have... 
We I do, have yeah. voice memos, <laughs> multiple voice memos for different melodies for hooks of songs that I just wow, haven't done yet because I'm still in the process of writing a couple now. Actually, one of them with a friend of mine that lives in Long Island, so we're trying to set up and finish that one because that new one, I think, I don't even know what it's going to be called yet, but we just based it off of an interaction I had on my birthday weekend because I told her, I was do, like, though. this it's... is how I felt. I want to write a song about it. And she's like, okay, let's do That's it. That's the way, like, my good friend Greg Townsend of the High Risers, he's driving down the road. He sees a sign that says ATM inside. Mm-hmm. ATM inside's a song. He was driving one time. He saw somebody threw a cigarette out the window. He came up with a song, Sparks on the Highway. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's it just really to, is. Uh, you have to like just know where to look. And so it's, it's fun being able to do that now. And I'm so grateful to have like people I can collaborate ideas off of. Because sometimes they come to me on my own. Sometimes I do, though, like to have just another person to be like, hey, is this insane or like could this actually and i think work? honesty helps too like if you have honest feedback from, and if you don't have i mean you should be confident but if you're not egotistical where you go okay you know i think this is pretty good but if somebody comes and says you know what i think it would sound a little bit of like this and if you honestly you could say no i don't think it does or you can go wow i never thought of that yeah it's awesome. and i have my core friends that like i'll run stuff by and i'll be like hey tell me no holding back what do you think and they're always really honest with me, and they they steer me in the right direction. And I remember, because I substitute, and during one of my days, I was in school suspension. So I did nothing the whole day. And I texted one of my close friends at, like, I think 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to write a song in one day. Bet. And then at the end of the day, I sent her the lyrics. She's like, you're crazy. It's like Ireland. They used to have this thing, like, I guess, a bookstore where, like, Harlan and Allison, he's a science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. They would come in. And he would write on his typewriter during the day. He, could you imagine doing that when people were coming in, watching, and you're trying to be creative and everything? Yeah. It would be... It's hard. And luckily, like, no kids came in. I was just, like, writing away. And I was like, wait, this is a good idea. And then I just kept rolling with it. It gets like you get horrified. Some kids are, like, looking at you the whole time. <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny because I would always sneak into, like, the music room during my free periods. Yeah. And I was like, one of these days, a kid's going to walk in on me, like, playing this piano and singing my heart out. <laughs> and it's going to be really awkward. But luckily, no one's walked in on me when I But I mean, like, I know, like, work. Greg exploded again. He's a drummer. Really? Yeah. So, but he writes like maybe three or four songs a year. But he gets like the inspiration. They're pretty good. And you yeah. have to go at your own pace. It's like amazing how some people. And I think that's another thing is you just have to let it happen naturally and everything. Yeah, and like I'm very much the type of person. I'm a firm believer in like I can't write about stuff I don't know unless I experience it. So you know, because I feel like I'm a fraud if I don't really actually have dealt with something myself. So all of my best ones have been stuff that I've experienced firsthand. Or at least, yeah. like, can relate to on some level. Ah, we put Greg back together again. He, like, yeah. spontaneously. <laughs> I was going to ask you a quick question, Greg, and we'll wrap <sighs> so you can play soon. Uh, we're talking about songwriting. How do you go? I know you write, like I say, you write some good songs. You write maybe two or three a year. What's, like, where do you get your inspiration from? Do you see something? Does it pop in your head? A phrase? A... Sometimes it's a phrase. I remember once when I wrote, I was driving. I was driving a van. I had this job. And I just started singing this thing. You are my type. You are what I like. And that's all I had. And then I just built the song from that. And it's like a punky song. I'm actually going to re-record that one. See, I, my major writing stuff was 80s. I don't really write much anymore. I wrote some stuff in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of quit doing it. Because I... Not quit, but 
I'm more of an arranger now. But when you I hear like, like somebody like in one of your band, like a song, do you add like if you hear something and go, hey, you know, this might need this, or do you just stay quiet and do like play whatever's written? Well, no, like with Susie's band, I, I've made up my own drum parts. There's a lot of things I've come up with that when people... This is not saying you just played the song wrong and tried to cover. Right, right. <laughs> well, um, when people have to, you know, my goal, I guess, is when people have to sub for me or something, they have to learn those parts. Mm-hmm. Or the song won't be the same. You can't yeah. just play through it. But I get most of my ideas, I mean, are, are phrases, or I'll see something, maybe a sign or something, that, or I'll hear something that sounds like a like a sort of a... a, a um, what's the word, uh, like something opposite, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's that's funny, you know, or something. So, You know, you could always, like, get to, like, method acting, take up, like, weird different hobbies just so you can write songs about them. <laughs> right? Honestly, I've considered that because I'm like, if I got into, like, acting or something, I could probably write songs if I was a character. Well, I'll give you a good example. Like, this song that I'm going to be doing with Susie's band, it's called Blame It on Rock and Roll. And... You know, I call it my kiss song because it's like a, just a stupid song, and I wanted to do like an anthem. I figured I'm gonna write an anthem, and it's supposed to, and and but the whole thing is about you go to a club, you stay out too late, you want to hear it loud, you got your air guitar. I have all these pictures in the lyrics, you know, and it's like it's your typical denim jacket, thirteen year old, you know, at a show. And then late, later in the song, it's about coming home late and the parents freaking out. And then, you know, just like, but whatever I thought, well, whatever it is in your life, you can blame it on rock and roll. You might have met your girlfriend that way. You might have got divorced because of it. You might have got, the, you know, you can blame everything on rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of where I got that like idea. That. Yeah, it's also, I mean, thinking like, I remember hobbies, I was going to take up skydiving, but it was good, I got a parachute, I haven't done it yet, but it says if it doesn't work, I can bring it back for a refund. <laughs> there you go. Be used to bad humor. <laughs> oh no, like the method acting for songwriting, that's going to be great, I'll see you like... See, you already gave me an idea. <laughs> you already gave me an idea, I only fell once. See? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> see? <laughs> but yeah, songwriting, it's a fun journey, I'm definitely going to... Start doing, I think, for our next show, probably in, like, late August. And you'll be surprised. Something. Look back, like, five years from now. You don't know what your style's going to be, what you've done. I think yeah, it's, like, really it, the it growth period. It does and everything. And as you get older, like, you change as you grow older and everything. Your tastes change and everything yeah, else. And, like, even compared to last year when I started around this time performing live, like, I'm a lot different now compared to last year in June. Just, like, with confidence-wise, more, like, you know, I guess stage presence wise knowing how to control the band into like keeping in time with each other and staying tight and also just having more fun with it and not being so you like, got the great attitude out that's the way concern and so that's why we're really excited for the pride show and i remember they didn't tell me anything besides like we're set for this set time we're performing they released the press thing a couple days ago and daniel ponders the headliner chuck calls me he's like what i'm like i know i had no idea so it's gonna be a she's got a little show. bit of a voice Oh, just a little just bit. Just a little bit there. I watched her at Jazz Fest, and she's phenomenal. And I was like, I, I could picture her like Aretha thing. in a way where I went to see Aretha at Ottawa Jazz Fest. Mm-hmm. So we get there. We got lost, of course, like because it was like out of bed. So it's packed, right? We couldn't even get by. You could, no problem hearing her. Oh, I believe it. When and where is the, the right? 16th, July 16th, is it at Cobb's Hill? 
Cobbs Hill Park. Okay. We're on okay. I know it used to be at Genesee Valley. It's only the, the yeah, no, it's at Cobbs Hill, so it's right after the parade, and um, I think they're going to release the schedule at some point, or probably just to us, but we're on from 5 to 5.30, so it's going to be a fun set. And okay. We're, we're really excited for it, because I, I told him beforehand, I was like, hey, this might be bigger than we think, and now like we're expecting like hundreds of people, because I forgot... They haven't had a festival. People like this have since been, what I have seen too is people have been cooped up for two years. Yes. So right. when they come out, they come yeah. out. So this might be the biggest crowd that we've all ever done. It's so hard to believe it was awesome. two years. <laughs> I can't believe it either because it feels like it went by so fast. But then I'll run into people that I haven't seen since no, I've, like two yeah. years. You'll find as you get and older, I look different. like the tattoos are a big uh, shock to a lot of people. As like, you get old, if you get older, till you find like I've been talking to some friends of mine. That you know you don't see him like for but as soon as you see him again it's like you saw each other yesterday. It yeah. really is like as yeah. you get older you'll see this more. That it just seems like okay if you're friends you're friends you can't you know especially these crazy days. Yeah, and you know everyone's just busy with stuff, but it's nice to you know still have that connection. Even Plus, the, some of the costumes people wear, pride to love them. They're oh so yeah, freaking good. it's so fun, and it's funny because like. A lot of my school friends, a handful of them stayed in Geneseo for the summer, so they're actually going to come down to see it. And you know what's funny? The stunt double thing still follows me. Because I'll go out in Rochester, and people from Geneseo will stop me, and they're like, you're the singer in stunt double. And I'm like, you remember that still? Like, that was a couple months ago. So it's nice to see that, like, even it's awesome to that get briefly, feedback. that they still remember it, and they still, you know, have a positive reaction but to it. This has been really cool. I'm glad we could. We had like some issues last week about scheduling this. I'm so glad you were <laughs> oh, good no, about coming I, on again. My schedule is so open. I don't start working for another couple Oops. weeks. So I got all the time. Not the time to record your song today, Greg. No, Not no, yet. No. I was gonna look I was looking for something. You can learn in two seconds. <laughs> but what do you go down? We're very glad again that you're gonna play for us here and everything and somebody asked a question on Facebook. I wanted to just ask are you related to? No, I'm not. Leave me alone. Priscilla, not... is there a wait a minute? Let me see here. I'm not related to the guy who founded like the Brady Bunch and stuff. Sure, which Schwartz. Priscilla Austin. Priscilla Austin. Are you related? As I know, no, but I could no. ask my dad. What? Okay, now we're not. We're actually getting feedback as we're <laughs> keeping the show. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> well, that's the other thing when you play at uh, Stutson Street. They have a screen with internet comments, so as people are listening and watching you, you can watch. You're, you're up there playing, and then you can see the comments. Hey, these guys rock, and all this stuff. It's, it's pretty awesome. funny. That's yeah, cool. I, I made like a big compiled list of. But like, I also I say, like That's one of my things, like Neil Peart said one time, I don't read the reviews because if I believe the good ones, I got to read the bad ones. Right. <laughs> believe the bad. So I mean, yeah, you appreciate, but also I would say, and this is you'll see. Stay true to yourself. Don't try to be, you know, just do what you're going to do right. and hope people dig it. Yeah, and but, that's what I've been learning now is yeah. just, like, relaxing, doing my thing, and then just seeing okay. what happens. Okay. Well, we got to, like, what song are you playing? I'm going to do the little Look Who's Laughing Now one. Okay. Just okay. To, well, very cool. And you're playing at Pride next week. You're playing it on the 16th, and you're playing at... And uh, on, five it, on, on the, the 9th, stage. you're playing too, right? The 9th, yep, in Geneseo from 3 to 5 at the festival. I don't know what the name of it is. But Monday, if you're out near the winery area, I'm playing with this band in the mix at the this place called The Tin Barn. It's a craft Ooh, brewery. Cool. It's a really cool place. You might want to check it out. Cool. They're very nice people. But yeah, cool, and stay that, tuned yeah. for Elena's song here, which yeah, I man. forgot the name of already, but you'll <laughs> Look know. Look who's laughing now. <laughs> Look who's laughing now. 
Now 